Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches and of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message. We hope this teaching helps you love God and love people better every single day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching. Today, uh, we want to look again at the simple gospel, and we want to look at faith. And and one of the things I want to tackle today is, why does the world tend to not want to follow the gospel, the faith that we profess to them. Now, I spent a lot of time, as we've talked about over the past few weeks, with, uh, with Pastor Curtis Honeycutt working on this question, in this, in, and we, we made it into a book that we called The E-Word, An Evangelistic Manifesto. And we were unpacking why the world really doesn't understand or receive or accept Jesus when we present them? Or why does the church not present Jesus anymore? Some of that we're going to unpack today as we look into a particular story in Scripture. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. If you got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 10. I'm going to start reading with verse 17. And Jesus is going to encounter someone who seems to want to have a faith or a relationship in him, but it's not going to end well. And so I, I, I want us to walk through this. I want us to see the story, and I want us to unpack personally what can we learn from this. So I'm in Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 17. It says, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus obviously is um, looking at this young man and seeing that there's not a depth of sincerity in him. Uh, Jesus turns to him. He, he, he runs up to Jesus in front of everybody falls down on his knees in front of Jesus and immediately addresses him as good teacher and then gives the, a, a very, how do I get into heaven kind of, kind of question. You know, and, and, and Jesus, realizing that there's not a lot there. No, let me say this differently. Jesus, realizing that there's not a lot there to this man's faith, begins to look at him and, and begins to ask other questions. Why do you call me good? And then he says, if you want to get, if you want to inherit eternal eternal life, you already know the answer to this. He's actually answered this way before to uh, uh, one of the lawyers who were trying to trap him earlier. He now looks at this young man and he says, he starts to name the Ten Commandments. He doesn't name all of them, but the young man understands when he starts down the Ten Commandments, the young man understands what Jesus is doing. You know, you know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, uh, don't defraud, honor your father and mother. And, and the, the, young, the young man answers, well, I've already done all that. I already do all that. Okay, let's time out on a few things. He has not followed all of the Ten Commandments to the fullest extent of their ability to be followed. He's just not done that. I mean, all of us do not bear false testimony. So nobody, you, you've never told an untruth or a half-truth. You've never done this. You, you, can, you, you see how Jesus could have a debate with him. Here's why I think this man is struggling. And here's why I think a lot of the world around us rejects us at, in our faith in Jesus. I think far too many followers of Jesus 
simply have a shallow faith. I, 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 I don't want to be offensive. I, I really don't. I, don't. I don't want to be offensive to anybody, but I got to tell you, far too many people just have a shallow faith when it comes to their faith in Jesus. They just, they just, I, well, I love Jesus because Jesus loves everybody, and that's supposed to be the end of the story. Uh, or, or I love Jesus and I've asked him to save me, so I'm saved forever. And that's the end of the story. There's no growth there. There's no work at getting to know Jesus. There's no depth of, uh, of, of, there's no depth of relationship there. It's like, look, I've met a lot of important people in my life, right? I've met the governor of our state. I've met the last couple governors of our state. But not a single one of them would know me if they saw me in the street. Do you know why? I never pursued any depth in that relationship. It was, hi, governor, and I walked away. And that, and with them, they were, they're not pursuing depth in my relationship. They were moving along sometimes in a greeting line. Hi, pastor. And they moved away. Look, there's all kinds of people in this world. If I, if, if I tried to tell you I know and I started listing names and I tried to name drop, I could drop a lot of names. But when I say I know them, it means I met them once and they would never recognize me. I got to tell you, I kind of think that's the way a lot of Christians' faith works. They know Jesus. They've met him. They've talked to him once or twice. When they get in trouble, they kneel down and pray to him. When they have a need, they go after him. But their faith is just shallow. And the world is not impressed with our shallow faith. We, we, we cannot just be, you know, sometimes we're just following Jesus because he's cool. And we're not following Jesus because he's God. Uh, when I when I went to college, Tina and I went to uh, went to a state university first. So I spent three years at Appalachian State University, and then we wrapped it up for the last two years. Yes, I squeezed a four year degree into five years of school. Uh, and we wrapped it up at Southern Wesleyan University down in South Carolina, uh, where we graduated from. Uh, but I I had spent three years in this in this public school, this secular school. But one thing I noticed, because as I went there as a Christian kid, I thought, oh, I'm going to be in trouble. There's going to be all this stuff. And there's going to be. Can I tell you what I found? Inside of that secular school was some of the deepest, most committed Christians I had ever met in my entire life. They were fully committed to their faith, and they were not ashamed of their faith. They were not shallow in their faith. They were walking clearly and strongly in their faith. When I got to Southern, Everybody followed Jesus, right? But a lot of them weren't really following Jesus. Now, now I got to be honest. There was more. There was a higher percentage of folks following Jesus down at the Christian school than there was at the non-Christian school. That's a true story. Okay, so I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that at the Christian school, if you were wanting to kind of live a non-Christian life, you still claim Jesus because at the Christian school, Jesus was cool. So you needed to claim him whether you were going to live for him or not. At the secular school, Jesus was not cool. So if you chose to follow Jesus, you were outside of the cool crowd already. Your faith had to have a depth at the secular school if it was going to survive at all, where your faith didn't need that depth if it was at the Christian school. Y'all, sometimes when we get into church, we start acting like good church people because when we get into the church, Jesus is just cool. But there's not enough depth in that faith when we're just doing the cool Jesus thing. There's not enough depth in that faith to hold us strong when we end up back out in the world where he ain't cool no more. 
You've got to understand that we don't follow Jesus just because he's cool. And if we do, our faith never gains any depth. We're just living in a shallow faith. And when we live in a shallow faith, the world rejects the faith that we try to get them to follow because they don't see any depth there. This young man is saying, well, I've already done all this. All this I've done since I was a boy. And Jesus just knows it's not true. So Jesus continues, verse 21. So Jesus looked at him and loved him. I want to pause there because I want you to understand that Jesus is about to hit him pretty hard. But he's not doing that because he's looking down on the kid. He loves this kid. He wants to see this kid find a deeper faith. And so he looks at him and says, then one thing you lack. He said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now, let's pause. Let's pause. This is not the first time Jesus has done this. When Jesus says to Simon Peter and to to James and John, follow me, and they leave their nets and their boats behind and follow Jesus, they have left all of their worldly goods behind in order to follow Jesus. They have sold everything they have and are following Jesus now, right? So they've left their livelihood. They've left everything behind. He's now saying to this young man, you do the same thing. And, And the disciples have to be hearing, well, that's exactly what he asked me to do. And I said, yes. And this, this boy, it says, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Can I add to the sentence? Because he had great wealth that he was not willing to let go of. The truth is, sometimes our simply shallow faith is, is hiding a simply selfish faith. What we really want from Jesus is we don't want the holiness and we don't want the righteousness and we don't want the commands and we don't want the better life. We just want the blessings. We just want Jesus to bless us real good. And, and, I, and I have to tell you, I, I've been in churches where you measure people's depth by the, by, by, by the expense of their car. If they have a really expensive car, they must have a great faith because God loves them and gave them the money to afford that expensive car. Y'all, what, what a silly way to look at this. What, 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 an, what an odd thing to believe. My level of wealth has nothing to do with my level of depth in Christ. In fact, if my level of wealth has anything to do with my level of depth in following Christ, it, 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 it distracts me from following Christ. Because every, y'all, I'm just going to say this. Everything you own to some degree owns you. And you have to remember that. The more stuff you have, the more demands you have on your life. And, and when, when the demands of this world start to outweigh your attention to Christ, your attention to Jesus, suddenly your wealth begins to detract from your relationship, your depth with Christ. And suddenly you move to a, a shallow faith begins to hide over a selfish faith. Following Jesus just because he gives us blessing is, the, is a bad idea. In fact, I got to be honest, I, I, think, I, I think we follow Jesus not because he gives us blessing, but because he gives us the opportunity to be a blessing. I serve on a board. At, I, I'm board. I'm board chair down at Southern Wesleyan, where we graduated from. Now, and some some people have asked me before, well, how much does it pay to be board chair? And I just start laughing, like it's a pay, pay. Are you kidding me? It doesn't pay anything. They expect me to donate. I actually give them money, and still do all this with and for them. So, so the truth is, that's kind of how our Christian faith needs to look. Will God give us more than we ever give to him? 
Absolutely. Are there blessings to following Jesus? Absolutely. Does Jesus provide? Does God provide? Does the Holy Spirit provide for us? Absolutely. Do I follow him because of the blessing? Absolutely not. I follow him because he's worth it. I follow him because I want a a faith that is deep. But the world looks at us, and part of the reason they reject our faith is because they see a simply shallow faith that is only chasing God because he's cool, or they see a simply selfish faith that is only chasing God because we want the blessings. Jesus then turns, and he looks at his disciples and says, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Can I just pause for just a minute? and tell you that in a society as wealthy as the one we live in, that is a terrifying sentence. Uh, We have so much in this society. And and I know know we still have the poor, and I know we still have the homeless. I I know all of that's true here. But as a society, as a culture, we are the wealthiest society and the wealthiest culture in the history of the planet. And here we sit listening to these words, how hard it is for a rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because you're so distracted. Wealth is so distracting. In fact, can I say something else? Wealth is not only distracting. Wealth steals from me my dependence on God. Because once I have wealth, I begin to believe I'm... I can take care of myself. I got this. Oh, God, I don't want to bother you. No, I don't need to bother you, Lord. I got this. When in the end, I don't got this. I, I, I need the provision from God. He said, And by the way, when he says a camel through the eye of a needle, some people are like, well, that's just a small gate somewhere. This is a rabbi. He's making an extreme comparison so that we can understand that that this is incredibly hard, and only through the miraculous work of God can this happen. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. You see that? With man, a, a camel going through the eye of a needle is impossible, but not with God. Not with God. For all things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up and says, we've left everything to follow you. Truly, I listen to his words. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and, and fields, along with persecutions. So, whoa, 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 time out, time out. I was liking the blessing thing. And now you said persecutions. Yeah part of the deal you can't expect to not have the same pains that the master had if you're going to serve him if you're going to follow jesus they killed him what what you know you expect them to be nice to you they they actually killed him you receive as much a hundred times as much in this present age uh, homes brothers sisters mothers children fields we all want to stop there because that's the blessing right And this is along with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. He just answered how to receive eternal life. You've got to be willing to set aside all the things of this world. Anything you're willing to lose, God's going to provide provide back to you a hundredfold. Anything you're willing to let go of, God's going to bring back to you. It's not always easy. And it's not like people aren't going to persecute you. People aren't going to forget you. People aren't going to uh, slough you aside. All of that's going to happen. 
It's going to happen. And yet we still remain committed to Christ. But many who are first will be last. And the last will be first. The world sees a, a shallow faith. That's just there because Jesus is cool. The world sees a selfish faith. It's just there because we want the blessing. But I'm telling you what they need to see is a surrendered faith. A faith that is surrendered to God even if it costs me all these things. A faith that is willing to serve even if it's expensive, if it's painful. A faith that is willing to serve even when it's persecuted. A surrendered faith, a faith that is surrendered to the relationship with Jesus regardless of the return or lack of return. A surrendered faith, and that means I have to follow Jesus not because he's cool and not because he gives me blessings. I need to follow Jesus because he is the Lord of my life. Understand this word, Lord. It means owner of the, 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 the literal imagery is God owns me because I've chosen to let him own me. Not because he took over in some, uh, some old slavery system. Not that. I have chosen to surrender myself to him and allow him to run, to guide, to protect, to provide for my life. I'm surrendered to him because he is the Lord of my life. I, I need to tell you, far too often the world sees shallow and selfish faith out of us. And they don't, they, they don't need us to preach louder. They don't, meet, they, don't, they don't need us to be cooler. They don't need a better light show. They need to see men and women who are surrendered to God because he is their Lord. They need to see us be real. And when that happens, these things may be possible with man, but not with God. For all things are possible with God, which means if we can have a surrendered faith, we can reach just about anybody because God will make that possible. It's time for us to surrender to him. Let go of the shallow. Let go of the selfish. And lean into the surrendered life, surrendered to Jesus. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, I, I ask right now that you would speak directly to us. Lord, I, I can't even begin to speak into what needs to be surrendered to you by everyone that's listening. Oh, but God, you know. You know every one of us individually. So Lord, teach us not to be cooler, not to be richer, not to be stronger, not even to be smarter. Teach us, Lord, to be more surrendered to you. And then if there is a smart to be found, let us find it through you. If there is a wealth to be found, let us find it through you. If there's a strength to be found, let us find it through you. Let us be surrendered to the Jesus who is our Lord. And let the world see us surrendered in that way. Thank you, Lord, for everything you're, you're doing and everything you're going to do. We give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every single day. If you enjoyed this, please take a second, share it with your friends. And last, we wanted to give a special thanks to all of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you all that this is possible. And if you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, go ahead and click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. So thanks again for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.